Welcome to episode 157. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Need a show about outdoor living? This is where it's at with your host, Shane Chapman and Wayla Brent. Thank you for tuning in. Now let the show begin. Yeah, yeah. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Let's go. Welcome back to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Brace and Shane here. Woo! On this uh, not too bad of a November day. Yes. I'm not complaining. November's been pretty decent so far. It hasn't snowed. Knock on wood, that's supposed to happen tonight, is it not? Yeah. I believe. So, yeah, around these parts, um, I would say at probably a better than 50-50 shot that we have snow at this point in oh, the middle yeah. of November. My entire life. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> when was the last time you did trick-or-treating? you forget treating? the other 50. <laughs> well, trick-or-treating can be a... that's there's. Yeah, there's often a skiff of snow on the ground at trick-or-treating time, but mm-hmm. there's been plenty of trick-or-treating years where there hasn't been much snow, when we if were, any at all. When we were but wee babes, do you remember Nope. going to school? <laughs> like a long time Sep- ago, right? September, and it was just snow. In September? September. Get out of town. Yeah. No, I remember camping in September's all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I Not don't me. remember the snow. I remember camping. Not me. I remember the one time camping, it was minus two around the campfire. And we're like, oh, God, it's so cold out in September. So, like, okay. But I know there's been the odd, like, weird year where you get a snowfall in September one day. Just the things align. Mm. A bit of a cold day or cold night plus a little bit of a precipitation turns to snow. Yeah. That's how, that's the science behind snow. Well, Congratulations. Wet, wet things turn to hard <laughs> things when they get cold. Uh, like the, Drinks in my refrigerator in my office here. They explode though. I, I'm. I think I found what was that number four or five. Yes. In the last, like since I got that, like a year ago, yeah. I've blown up four or five drinks in there. I feel like recently it's been even more though. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that temperature control dial is not working real well. So it's just <laughs> it's just cold. Fridge's fault. Yep. Um, Brace, what'd you do this week? You got anything going on? Like we have a long weekend coming up here. Not not really a long weekend but we've decided to make it a long weekend because we have a holiday on the thursday and we're like let's just close the store on friday um it's november anyway and so what are you doing no i'm just gonna hang out with the family and maybe go to saskatoon when we talked about kind of just going and chilling maybe for a bit oh yeah good excellent we like saskatoon yep just go up there for a little uh little tiny weekend getaway or what yeah for a day maybe go to the water slides who knows there you go sounds like a good weekend let's get to the uh uselessness want to tell you what I was doing. I saw you try to go. I was going to be like, to what are there. you doing, Shane? <laughs> I really don't have any plans. Okay. Okay. So have you ever got like a weird charge on your phone from your kids? This is the lead oh. in to my uselessness. Like a financial charge. Like, uh, they, like they purchased an app. Not me personally, but my uh, ex-mother-in-law, my son had huh. ran some stuff up on hers. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, my daughter, Ray, she had purchased some things on a phone that was in our possession. <laughs> and I noticed it on the bill uh, last week. Okay. And one of them was for a universal translator. $60. It was a $60 like app. app. <laughs> okay. A universal translator. What was she up to? I was like, why did you get this, Ray? And she's like, well, I wanted to see what the dog was saying. <laughs> Oh, wow. And it didn't work. Oh, so she deleted it. Refund. <laughs> so the evidence was gone. And so everything. the evidence was gone. Uh, that's pretty funny. But but what if it did work? Best if, 60 bucks spent ever. That's what I was thinking. 
So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got the button for that. Yeah, yeah. No, I said it in bold. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I decided to find out what the top 10 weirdest searches on Google were for. Holy smokes. Like, we're keeping this G? These are G. Rated? Okay. These are G. I feel like that could get out of hand in a hurry. So the number 10 is my cat wants to kill me. Someone just <laughs> typed that in and searched it on Google. Cats are shitheads. Most yeah. cats Do you are. like cats? Are you a cat person? No, I wouldn't. I would not call myself a cat person. I like cats. If there is a cat near me, I will pet it. <laughs> but you won't. You wouldn't go out and get a cat like Fraser. No, God, no. He's got a thing for cats. He really likes cats. A lot. He really no, I'm a, I'm a dog person before a cat person. Absolutely. I've been through periods of my life where I had a cat and not a dog. But I think that was more due to like my period of my life. Like in college, they were less maintenance, and I was—I think maybe I was allowed to have one at the place I was uh, I was living in, but I wasn't right. allowed to have a dog. You're allowed to have that animal, right? Because they're quiet, like silent but deadly. They, yeah, they just—you know—kill you, know, look at you the whole time. Yeah, they don't yeah. do anything With other contempt. than that. Exactly. Yeah, they just hate you. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty simple, right? Yeah. Uh, number nine: Who ate all the bananas and took a dump in the hallway? People search this. Is this your own personal Google search history? It's gotta be. These are some of the weirdest (laughs) things that have come up on uh, Google search before. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. How? Why would you ever type that into Google though? I don't know because that's a very personal thing. It's like you're looking for a person's name. The Google can't help you there. I feel like people are just dumb. Something comes back. It's like, is your friend Todd? Because there's a few of them on there that are like this. That said, Google probably does know. Right, they probably know. They're listening enough that they'd be like, it was actually Todd. <laughs> it was Todd. We heard the farts yeah. on the phone. At 7.37 yeah. p.m. Thursday night. Uh, so number eight was I accidentally killed my cat in the dryer. Yikes. Holy, eh? That's not good. Are they looking for what to do? How to clean your dryer? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the... And my lint filter is really full now. It's really, how do I, really How do I clean full. a really full lint filter? Right, exactly. Master of Dex says my cat waits until I'm sleeping and then jumps on my face. Uh, Cats are I dicks. hate that. Yeah, right. Uh, number, what am I on? Ten, I don't remember ever nine, having this problem eight, before, Bryce, but right now I'm wearing a seven. hoodie and the hood is like rubbing on my hat and making sounds in my headset. Oh, you really don't like that. You should probably take no, that off. No, but like I've worn this hoodie... Like a hundred of the episodes. Maybe your hat's just too high. Like what is happening right now? How are these things happening? I don't know. Am I slouching more as I get older? Uh, is my posture you did, deteriorating? You didn't have that rib thing happen. Oh yeah, maybe it's just <laughs> throwing me off just enough to throw my headset up. Okay. Um, number seven, are babies dishwasher safe? Mm. You ever mm-hmm. Google that when you were a new parent? No, but that's a good one though because I don't particularly enjoy bath time. That would be so quick. Yeah, if it works, it works. If it works, let's go. You think it puts them to sleep too? Maybe. Yeah. Um, Number six. Is there a spell to become a mermaid that actually works? (laughs) Like this this person's tried a bunch of them. (laughs) That didn't go so hot. Just seems like a five-year-old go to hold the Google. (laughs) Uh, Want to be a mermaid? Number five. There's a deer in my car. Now that seems like an odd thing. That's a that's a like middle of the situation type present day present time exactly way to word that question. Not, I agree. Not there was a deer in my car. How do I clean it? It's like, it sounds like that person's actually in the car with the deer at the moment that they type this. Yeah, 
But you could say that in Saskatchewan with some confidence. That it's not completely <laughs> out of the out of the realm of possibility. Well, that's in for Saskatoon sure. last week, there was a moose in a classroom. Yeah. Well, where else would you go? I don't know. Uh, number four. Hey, rookie. <laughs> <laughs> number four. Am I a vampire? Mm, you should know that. You shouldn't have to ask. Right. Uh, number three, never put a wig on a dog. Mm, what did that one say? Did you follow that through? I didn't out follow why, that through. Why do you not want to do that? I think, I, that's, I think they're cuter when they have wigs yeah, on. That'd be pretty good. I like dogs that have human names. Oh, do you? Yeah. What about what about humans that have dog names? Well, whatever. Like, those people, <laughs> I don't care about those people. Like, who names their kid? Like, Rex. Freaking Sparky or yeah. <laughs> Spot. No, but I like, anybody. <laughs> I like a dog that's name is like Daryl. Daryl. <laughs> like, yeah. Or... And then those people get offended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like Candace the dog. Candace the dog. Yeah. Frank. Yeah, exactly. Frank the dog. Uh, number two is Germany is in what country? Mm-hmm. That's, these are U.S.-based ones, I think. Hey, U.S.-based. Uh, yeah, I would say so. And number one is what to do if a dolphin wants to mate with me. Uh, the weirdest thing on Google. I, I'm sure there's weirder, but. Buy the dolphin a drink. Let's go. You, would like, you? Would you mate with a dolphin? <laughs> I mean, like, would you, would you if let it was the last dolphin date? on the earth, and I was doing. <laughs> Dolphins it, are supposed supposedly as smart as humans, right? Yeah. Well, if they're hitting on me, that's got to be true. <laughs> Is that true? I don't know. Uh, quickly says Shane. Maybe there's a cat in your cap. It's possible. I did get my. <laughs> this is weird that I'm tracking this stat, but I. You have. <laughs> I have received my second haircut since having the Ricky Vaughn Wild Thing haircut thing. That's a stat you're tracking? That's a stat I'm tracking. I'm at number two. You Like, I've never tracked haircuts before. It's, it's never been like, oh, I got two haircuts this month, or I've had seven haircuts this year. But now for some a, reason... You have a benchmark. It's like, milestone. this is my second one <laughs> since I had the cool hair. So you're going to go back to that haircut? No. Never? I don't see the need to. Like, I'm not saying I okay. won't do a crazy haircut ever again, but probably, like, that one's, I spent that one. You spent, okay, okay. Yeah, you don't play what's, that card twice. What's the next haircut? Then? Ooh, what's Joe the Dirt, maybe? Joe Dirte. Yeah, maybe Joe Dirt. I'm not sure. I'll have to see. If I ever get. That's uh, a wig, though. Even in the movie. Sure. Even, it got glued to his head. If I ever get looped into dancing again, I might do so with a haircut. Joe Dirt. I find it better for people to watch my hair than my feet. So. Oh, yeah. That's a good, I, there's that's a good science tactic. behind this. Good tactic. TC Dex wants to hear the story about the moose in the classroom. There is no story, really. Well, yeah, I mean that it's was a moose the story. In a classroom. There was a <laughs> moose. So Saskatoon is a city of about two hundred and eighty thousand people, just shy of three hundred thousand people. So like a decent size uh, city. And for some reason, a moose. I don't know where this. If the school is kind of like near the edge of town or where it was, but somehow a moose decided. And what I heard was that sometimes they see their reflection in things and they'll charge mm. the reflection thinking it's another moose. Another. Uh, so not up there with dolphins and humans on the smart mm, scale. Nope. <laughs> but this moose crashed through like a giant window um, in a school while school was on. And this freaking massive moose ended up inside the classroom with everybody like screaming and scattering. And There's some good pictures. Yeah, no, and there's a moose just standing in the classroom like, what's up? Mm-hmm. I'm Look it up. Here to learn some stuff. I'd like to Did know. Anybody know where I could get the Universal Translator app? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So $60. that was the moose story. Now, what me, what most people don't know, like there's a lot of moose around here. Uh, meese. Meeses. Meese. Uh, moose jaw. We're so proud of our mooses here that moose jaw, there's a, well, first of all, there's a city called moose jaw. Yep. 
<laughs> before I even get to what called yeah, Moose Jaw down the road from us here that has a giant moose statue. Biggest in the world, isn't it? Because they're called Moose Jaw, so then. Uh, yeah, was and now is again, apparently, right? It was the biggest rack. largest moose statue in the world until some town like Oslo, Norway or something. Jerks. Built like this stainless steel, like Terminator <laughs> T-1000 version of a moose. I mean, that is better. <laughs> and claim, like it wasn't even close. Like the moose and moose shot is like, it's, for a lot of years, it's, it's like paper mache. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly how I was going to describe it. I was like, it looked like a paper mache project. So it's big, but not fancy. No, well, this one fancy. is fancy. Okay. And then a couple of local guys that used to do a, a Facebook uh, show, Justin and Greg, made like they they really they made worldly news with this. They went out and like and made this video that went viral about how like ticked they were that Norway went and stole the moose crown. Yeah, I so would like be. this is unacceptable. We need to like make Mac the moose the biggest moose again. And they and it went places, man. It was they on did. like. Where was that even? Like John Oliver? I don't even remember. Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel? Kimmel was on Kimmel. Like a few late night talk show hosts picked up on this story and it was like in all these papers, like New York Times, like everywhere. This everybody whole like moose it. war went on. And uh, in the end, the town or the city of Moose Jaw, which is about 40,000 people, 35, 40, uh, decided that all they would- All of them retired uh, lottery winners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they would uh, dismantle Mac the Moose's antlers, make them bigger- and remount them to reclaim the title to have the largest moose in the world. And they back in Moose Jaw. And they did. And so they did. And so they did. Yeah. And then in fine form, moose crashes into a school in Sastoon. I think it's Kenora has the largest elk rack in the world. Really? Yeah. Like a real one? No, I'm pretty or sure like it's a, fake. Just, but, but just the just the rack. Just the rack. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, weird Saskatchewan stuff. We should do an episode of that. The, the largest things in Saskatchewan. The lar- Kipling has the largest red paper clip. That's right. Yeah. Because who the else would have a red a paper clip statue exactly in their town? Like you win that just by having a paper clip mounted. Yep. In a public space. Yeah. Davidson has the largest teapot. Do they? Is I that believe true? that's what oh. it is. Yeah. Good. So. Anyway, um, do you want to get after this or what? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, TC Dex says, too bad Wade wasn't there with his rifle. Wade is never where the moose is. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it's a bit of a running joke. He shot He's, a deer. He did get a deer recently. He got a He's deer found there. his his game. Uh, I don't know how many, t- how many years he's gone moose hunting. We're like, I'm off to go moose hunting. I'm taking the week off. He's never, Comes back. never got one. Get a moose? Nope. Never. See one? Mm. Yeah, one like really far. <laughs> like, yeah. There's way there. off. Who's <laughs> way off? It's like, you should go somewhere else. You've seen a moose. Have you? Have you seen moose? Uh, In life? Real life? <laughs> Sorry. You know what, Brace? I, I don't know that I have. No? I, I, as odd as this is, being from a place where the moose live, I don't know that I've ever actually seen a real moose in real life. Wow. I'm sure I probably have at some point. Forgot, you would like, know. Well, I feel like I would know. <laughs> like, I feel like I should remember that. Right. But, um, no, I don't know if I have. Well, in my past life as a surveyor, I've oh, seen yeah, lots, see of, lots moose. of moose. Hey? And uh, there was a few times where they, like you'd pull around a corner in the snow, in the quad, and there'd be a couple moose sitting there. And you'd just kind of like run away. <laughs> yeah, they're massive animals, right? Yeah. They're, they're huge. huge. They're very dangerous. They're way scarier than like Are they elk aggressive? Or anything. Not usually. They usually they're way super scaredy cats. The danger I hear from them is because 
Got they little, don't make for good roadkill. They got little tiny toothpick legs because of their <laughs> yeah because of their height. Yeah, right. Like when you hit a deer, you generally with your car. I mean, <laughs> which is a when you go not, boxing. Not when you just conference like take that deer. Um, when you hit a deer with your vehicle, you hit like most of its body. Sometimes it'll roll up into the windshield and get you in the windshield. You hit the deer though. But you hit the the whole the body of the deer. deer. It, they tend to like fly away, and they they weigh what like two three hundred pounds probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A moose though, you just kneecap it. You don't hit the moose. They're so tall <laughs> yeah. that the hood of your car or truck, or whatever, just hits them in the knees, and yeah. so their their twelve hundred pound body or however big they are, like maybe even more than that. I don't know. They're massive. Yep. Their body falls onto your car it's where like, you sit. It's like hitting a cow on stilts. Right. <laughs> and the cow just falls on top of you. Like, it sounds awful to me. I don't think I'd want to do it. Yeah. But that's why I drive with Wade. Moose won't come anywhere near him. No, they stay away. Uh, somebody in here said Moose doesn't, or Wade doesn't shoot Moose. He just hunts bush. I I said that to him a few times, too. Like <laughs> Somebody will ask, like, oh, would you go moose hunting this weekend? I was like, no, he goes moose chasing mostly. I don't think he's ever actually hunted one. No, yeah. Moose sniffing. He doesn't yeah. even really yeah. chase them. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to, you got to find him to chase them. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's true, too. He hasn't even chased one before. Um. Okay. Well, you, you ready? Wade should hunt moose in Moose Jaw. Swear I saw one on the edge of town. Can't miss it, says Westrom. Yeah, the big old Mac the moose. He'd be a hard one to miss. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of meat on them bones. Nope. A lot of paper mache. <laughs> Poof. Saw us. Okay. So today, where you had an idea of the lightning you're just, round. You're just like, yeah, lightning round. You're just asking me questions. I don't know what they are. Rapid fire. Googled the most composite, most common. Googled questions about composite decking. Yes. From the internet. Worldwide. From the internet. And then did a round the store I staff just asked. I was just like, hey, what do you guys? As filler, just in case. Just in case. So, did let's we, do it then. Did we do the opening already? On the spot. What opening? For this segment. Yeah, we did. And yeah, we where were you? It. Voyeurism. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's you know. The reason. <laughs> what you got, Brace? Okay. I'm on the lightning seat. You ready? Hot seat. Yep. Hot seat. Ready. Hot seat. These are actually going to be good questions. Oh, okay. So people, it's not just fun and games so on the we internet. Can, we can put an asterisk beside this episode as providing actual value on this one? Very much so. Good. It's not just about uh, dating dolphins and our dish, our baby's dishwasher. Yeah, that safe. opened up pretty weird. Okay. Number one, are composite deck boards fire resistant? <laughs> well, that's it's hard right off the, uh, right yeah. off the hop. People want to know. Uh, I believe the answer to this one is yes and no. Some are, some are not. Some have a fire rating and some do not. I believe that AZEC, uh, which I guess technically isn't a composite, but AZEC decking does have a, a class A fire rating, I believe. Okay, and yeah. it's not because, it's because it doesn't catch fire and burn. It just, it melts. Yep. We've done this in our, um, what were we calling that episode? Those things you're doing? Dextruction. Dextruction, right. We should have a button for that. Dextruction. Uh, and we did burn the crap out of that, and it didn't catch fire. No, it that did was weird. Kind of melt and just like yeah, but it we won't catch fire and spread fire. No, whereas it's, some other boards actually did start on fire. Still, do not put a fire pit on your deck. Right now, other some other hardwoods also have like a class A fire rating as well. Like some of those really really dense hardwoods. I believe the bamboo stuff does. I believe Epe does. Um, I don't know if the other composites do. Certainly, there's probably a few. I wouldn't be surprised if. Decker's Voyage did, given that it's plastic and stone. There's not a wood component mm. to it, but it, that's not a for sure. It so may f- catch fire. I don't know. If they do catch fire, what is the thing that catches fire? 
plastic. like plastic can burn, I right. guess, right? I don't know why some plastic would burn and others wouldn't. You'd have to ask a chemist. Right. And so what would be, when would this come up when you're purchasing? When your house right? is on fire. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Like, I think I think I'd want to know before my house is on fire, but like it doesn't in our area, right? But I believe that in some areas they do require like uh, whether you're in like a like a wildfire zone or something. Oh, that you may have to use materials that or in multi-unit, because um, you don't want fire to catch between right units. Multi-unit places sometimes have a fire requirement, and even on the on the structure as well. So that's where like fortress steel framing comes in handy. Wow. There's other products that I'm not familiar with them too much, but I know there's other products that you can coat your lumber with that gives it a fire resistance as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's required in these multi-unit situations. But not super familiar with it. We don't get asked about it here ever. Ever. Six years of retail and what did I build for? Like 10 years building before that. And I don't think I've ever, ever here been asked about fire rating of the boards. No one cares here. Nobody cares. Okay. No trees to burn down here. Uh, we're really spread out. Good thing this is an international podcast. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, next. Next. That was good. That was good. You nailed that one. Um, good. I was shaking my boots because I didn't know the answer. So Number glad two. I sold that. Is composite decking, or PVC, slippery when wet? Ooh. Good question. So, are these all going to be yes and no answers? <laughs> yes no. and no. Maybe. So, some... Some of them are very, very slippery when wet. Some of them are not. Next question. <laughs> no, it, like depends. So there's a coefficient of like there's a traction number that you can actually look up, and I don't know if, if everybody publishes this or not. If you dig hard enough, you'll find it. Um, Unlike environmental stats, right? But my <laughs> personal experience is that like some very, very slippery. Uh, to call them out, I would say that one of the most slippery ones I have experienced is Fibron's. Um, uh, horizon line, quite slippery. It's a very smooth, beautiful looking board. Lots of benefits to it, but traction is not one of them. It's a very slippery board when it's wet. Is that a PVC board? No, it's a, that's a composite. Oh, okay. And the best one I've ever walked on is a decorator's voyage board. And so the difference between those two, um, if I was to give it a rating of one to 10, one would be a, like a 10 and one would be a one because that's <laughs> one would be 10. And 10. <laughs> you figure out which one's which. <laughs> But if it's a sliding scale, the worst one has to be a one, and the best one has to be a ten. So, so five. I don't know that five runs the worst. I've heard that armadillo stuff, which we wouldn't sell that anyway, uh, or don't sell that and wouldn't sell it, is very slippery as well. But I've not like stood with on them side by side with a name like armadillo, right? Right. Hard shell, right? Slippery back, right? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's some are, some aren't. But you, to your point, PVCs generally have better traction. And I also yeah. don't know the reason for that. If it's a different type of plastic because it's PVC versus uh, polyethylene plastic, I don't know if that plays into it somehow, if there's a coefficient of slipperiness because of the type of plastic. Um, because if it's not that, then why wouldn't the composite manufacturers just put different... Like if the reason then is because of the embossing instead, then why wouldn't the composite manufacturers put an embossing that gave a better traction? Just change all the embossing. Yeah. Because Trex is also fairly slippery when wet. Um Timbertech, most of their lines are fairly slippery and wet. Their, tra- their train line, because it does have a rougher traction, surf- sorry, rougher embossing on it, does have a little bit better traction, one of the better composite ones. But if you're shopping in Timbertech's line, you want traction, go Azek. Why, but why, so why do some of these uh, composite deck manufacturers have slippery products? Like, it just seems like that's something, why would you ever want a slippery deck? 
I don't like know. That's not like a one. It is just happens to be the case. I think maybe the way they justify it in their internal board meetings is that like who's out on their deck when it's raining out? Mm, like that's true. What, do you, what does it matter? If it's pouring out, you're probably not out there. But these sometimes are around pools or hot tubs, and that matters. Mm. So I mean, obviously, some care more than others because some promote the fact that their traction is better. Nobody more than decorators because they have such a a wide margin of uh, traction advantage. In their voyage line, I can't remember what they say the number is. Was it 34% better traction than the next best yeah. one? Yeah. So that's pretty significant. Like we're, we're you, our table's made out of it here and you can feel it with your hand, but even walking on it, it's yeah. like, it's really noticeable. This is like break your kneecap. Like right. you turn wrong and yeah. you Tend lost and it tear. all. Yeah, exactly. Little ligaments gone. Yeah, exactly. Call your, this your Achilles is done. ACL line right here. <laughs> ACL go. line of decking. <laughs> So yeah, the question I guess is uh, is both. Both. Uh, you'll have to do some some research with the product in your hands to find the answer to that question. The nice thing about our store is that we have what we call the slip zone. The slip zone, where we put a few boards of every line down the floor so you can walk on it and feel. And so if traction matters to you, you have a chance to feel it on your feet and be like, oh. I need to go with this one. Ooh, that one's pretty slippery. You don't want to do that one. Right. And in the hot summer days, we just run a hose down it, slip and slide. Kids love it. Right. Until uh, they get to the decorators. Until they can. And that's and at, the, the, that's at the end. Rash. <laughs> uh, okay. That was two. Two good this, Oh, this is a really good questions. point here. TC Dex, you want slippery when you're building cornhole boards with the cutoffs. Oh. So I've thought about oh, this before oh, because oh. This, is a, this is a common thing for people to do is build cornhole boards with the cutoffs. Yeah. And I've often thought of like, but what if you're using a, Decker's wage, for example, just sticks. It doesn't work. You just gotta like, you just gotta hoop it every you single gotta time. Gotta be real good. It's expert or level you're out. Yeah, totally. No slide factor. Uh, number three, can composite decking be laid on concrete? Um, it depends. So, can it and should you? I think is maybe two different questions. Can it? Some can. Yes and no. Brace. Oh my God. <laughs> yes and no. Shane, the politician, steps up to the plate. So, but hear me out here. So, some boards have ventilation requirements. Some do not. Decorators, again, to go back to the well, their MBC decking—that's the vault lines, frontier lines, and voyage lines—do not have ventilation requirements. You can put that shit anywhere. It's like Frank's Red Hot Sauce. Right. It is a composite, but it is a mineral-based composite correct not wood however moisture shield which is a wood plastic composite can also be put anywhere what and it's got wood in it brace how did that happen <laughs> but it's plastic <laughs> it's plastic uh so i don't know exactly but my understanding is that their extrusion process is a much slower process than a lot of the manufacturers and they get a better coating of plastic around all the wood fibers that are in their boards mm. by by more thoroughly mixing things through um, so it's just the core is more protected from moisture. The wood particles are all um, covered or protected or they've been, you know. So in a composite like board, the wood isn't like the particles aren't on the outside. It's all in the core. On, Well, there's two types of composite. One is just your wood plastic composite, which no, the, the wood's exposed on all sides of the board. Ooh. They don't want cap that. stock or the capped composite does have a cap layer over top that does not have wood in it, right. unless you're Trex. Trex used to have wood in the cap, too. Everybody wondered why. What? <laughs> but they're not necessarily covered all sides. So still on a Trex board, your cap layer is going to be protected, but your bottom oh. still has exposed wood. Same with TimberTech on some of their lines or entry-level lines. We discussed um, this last 
last episode. And same with fiber. Yeah. yeah. So the bottoms can be exposed and have wood that is exposed. And those ones will generally have ventilation requirements. I believe that Shrek's requires six inches of clearance underneath the joist. So mm-hmm. not from the decking, but from the bottom of the joist, six inches of airflow. Fibron, I believe, is two inches in that same scenario. So those ones, no, you're not supposed to put those directly on concrete because you don't have any ventilation. And if that right. wood content of that board sits flat on concrete that absorbs moisture and will wick moisture, then the wood particles in that board could absorb moisture, swell, and cause structural issues with the board. Any PVC board won't have that issue. And like I said, decorators mineral base lines and moisture shield will also warranty you putting it right on top of the concrete. That said, I just don't think you should unless you absolutely oh, okay. have to. I think you should lift it up anyway to give it some drainage underneath. And so crap doesn't get caught between your boards. And whatnot. Right. Like nobody wants crap under their deck. Right. I think there should be some flow of air mm-hmm. and water underneath anyway, unless you absolutely cannot, like you don't have the clearance under your door threshold. You have, like you can't go any more than one inch then fine. Oh yeah. Put her down. But um, fastening is going to be a tricky thing, too, if that's the case. But have at her. Okay. Just use a product that allows you to do it. So can you? Yes. Should you? Probably not. Right. Okay. And if you have to, then make sure you choose a product that will warranty that application. There you go. Number four, can composite decking be curved? Oh, yeah. Can you curve? Well, yes and no. Oh, my God. (laughs) 29 minutes into this episode and I haven't got a straight answer on you yet. <laughs> and that's why people ask us so much. They can't find the straight answer anywhere. Uh, yes. Mo- like many comp, like most things with plastic in them can be heated up and bent. So most. Can you curve treks? Yes. Can you curve timber tech? Yes. Can all you curve fiber on? Yes. Like all of them? Yeah, the scallop boards are not recommended. A little bit trickier to do scallop boards. You can to a certain extent, but the amount that you're able to actually curve it or put a radius on it um, will be determined by things like the density of the board and whether it's a capped composite board or not, uh, whether it's got scallops on the back, whether it's a groove board, like all those things will come into play mm-hmm. with the structural stability of the board when it gets hot. Um, things like Decker's Voyager we've been talking about, not super friendly to heating. Uh, you can heat it and make it noodly, but it doesn't bend really well without deforming. Oh. So now to extend on that question, PVC decking bends extremely well. Super well. When it's 100% plastic with no filler in it, it heats up and bends quite nicely. Mm. So you'll be able to bend it easier at lower temperatures and at tighter radiuses, radii, radii, than you would ever be able to do a composite deck board. There you go. So if you're going to do a curved deck, I would encourage you to look at a composite line, or sorry, a PVC, PVC line, because yeah. it'll just like, it's easier to do. Right. Uh, and you, have, you can push it further, but you can do it with, like a solid one inch thick deck board from Trex or any right. wood plastic composite manufacturer as well, to right. a certain extent. So try and go solid. Yeah. Okay. Go solid. Don't use a groove board. Don't use a scallop board. Use PVC if it's an option. If you can't, don't get too aggressive with your radius. There you go. Like eight foot radius and higher for composite is is manageable. Anything tighter than that is a it'll probably burn up some boards getting there. Mm. Um, like four foot radius on composites nearly impossible. But, but is like. Fairly possible with PVC. Okay. So there you go. This one is brand specific. Does tracks expand and contract? Yeah. We did it. There's your first. We did it. <laughs> There's your first one. That's not a yes or no. Deck dog says you can bend the voyage line. It just takes forever. Yeah. Like I said, you can get it loopy hmm. and whatever. It's just, it's, it's tougher than other ones from, and I've never personally oh, bent it because my days of bending were 
were gone before this stuff became a part of my life. <laughs> um, but my understanding is that it's a lot tougher to do than than even composite, regular mm. wood plastic composite. Uh, does Trex expand and contract? Yes, absolutely it does. They all do. They all do. Um, sound, starting to sound like a commercial for decorators, but Decker's Voyage is the most stable board in the market, uh, but it does expand and contract a little bit. When you start talking about these temperature swings of like 80 degree swings from summer to winter kind of thing, um, a 20 foot unfastened board with PVC can contract up to a half an inch when Holy from hot smokes. to cold on a 20 foot board. So stop mitering your decks. Right. Composite, generally about a quarter inch, and these decorators guys have managed to get that down to less than an eighth of an inch. Really oh, stable smokes. board, but yes. But you can't bend it. But yeah. Being that and, stable. Pros and cons. That's right. But Trex specifically, and probably they're not asking that specifically about Trex. It's likely that's the Kleenex brand right. of composite yep. decking. Um, but yes, they all do. So whichever one you're, you're using, look at the... Uh, installation manufacturer, like the installation manual, because it will tell you how much space to leave to allow for expansion, expansion contraction yeah. based on the temperature at the time of install. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, how does that go when they do like the tongue and groove, like composite or PVC? Does it? Well, they don't expand and contract widthwise, really. Oh, it's just length. Length. Okay. Very stable widthwise, um, which is different from wood. Wood will swell widthwise because it takes okay. on moisture. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Plastic expands linearly. Uh, oh, okay. Down the length, down of the, the length of the entire board. So width-wise, not a big deal. Okay. Uh, this one. Now I, somebody's gonna jump oh. in and be like, oh, "I see some tricks." Well, yeah, like yeah. When you sure, but generally, no. Leave it in the lake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, number six, where to screw composite decking? So you're gonna have to <laughs> decipher this one too. <laughs> Yikes. Um. So I'm not sure what exactly they're asking, but if they're kind of asking screwing patterns, so most people would use hidden clips and it wouldn't matter where you're screwing it. But if you're not, uh, again, refer to the install instructions for each brand because they do differ. But the general rule of thumb and what most manufacturers suggest is no more than one inch from the edge of the board and no more than an inch and a half from the ends of the board. Mm. I think that's probably the answer that they're looking for on that question. Yep. If you do, do go too close to the edge of the board or to the end of the board specifically, it can crack. There. The board can crack. Board can crack. And you'll want to pre-drill those ones at the end too, even if you are following the inch and a half rule from the end of the board oh. or inch from the end of the board. Um, so that's where you'd want to screw it. If you're using a, a board that is scalloped, I like to say aim your screws for where the, the thicker meat of the board is. Just say, Oh, not put the it there. thinner meat? Not the thinner meat. <laughs> you want to <laughs> go to the thick meat? You wanna, <laughs> yep. Sure oh, do. I never thought about it if that you're way. Screw decking. You want to screw I, it where it's thick. I just thought there was the least resistance, so you could just get it. Is the easiest. Well, it would, but it'd also be the least amount of holding power. Oh, and the most chance of bloat if that does start expanding and, tra- and contracting. Okay. Right. Yeah. I gotcha. So that leads into the next question: Why is composite decking grooved on the sides? I assume they mean it's for. Well, I'll answer both questions. I'm not yep. sure what they're asking there, but if, if they're asking why there's a groove on the side of the boards, that's to accommodate the hidden fastener clips mm-hmm. that are all the rage. Yep. So that's why it's a groove on the side. The ones that are grooved on the bottom uh, are grooved on the bottom for cost reasons. You have less material input. So you're paying for less. So you don't have as much material going in, so your cost is lower, and it costs less money to freight it around because you can get more of it on a truck. Therefore, your right. freight and logistics costs are lower, which means you're just driving a price point down. We should just sell decking by the pound. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the lineal foot. Let's do Who it. Who cares how long 
you yeah. get. Let's get rid of all the PVC lines and the decorative <laughs> stuff because it's too light. It's too light. Just sell the heavy one-inch thick stuff. That's right. Uh, okay, so that was another easy, quick one. Which composite decking is the coolest? Mm. Which we you did. know what we did that time? We still <laughs> put that on your to-do list. <laughs> we still have not published our findings no, from the test we did was that last year, mm-hmm. last summer. Uh, so here's the thing. There's a lot of stuff out there. Um, this is a very common question, first of all. Yep. And there's a lot of people or uh, manufacturers of composite decking that make certain claims. And it's hard to believe the marketing. Uh, we were burnt by it once, and then we started doing our own testing. Cool tech technology. And the reason we were burnt by it is because we sold clubhouse decking, and they used to, this is back, like, it's got new owners now, but they... They used to, and I think still do, use a marketing term called cool pigment technology. That's right. And so it was like, oh, what does that mean? Well, it means it stays cooler. We do something with the pigment in the boards and makes them stay cooler. So in your, like, you hear that and you're like, oh, co- like the word cool, what does that imply, Bryce? Cold. Not hot. Like not hot. Not, not warm. I, so could, you like, I could walk on it with my bare feet. Right. It's cool. It's is what that cool. implies. Right. Not so. It's it very hot. not so cool. And so we were like, fool me once. So we started doing our own testing. And then came along our friends at Moisture Shield, and they, they now actively and currently promote a cool deck technology as part of their boards. Mm-hmm. I would say that seems to have a little bit more uh, teeth to it than the cool pigment technology did. Maybe. However, it doesn't make a huge difference. Their claims yeah. are, I can't remember what they say, thir- what is it, 30 30% or 30% or cooler than... Anyways, we've tested them. We've never seen that. We've done multiple tests over multiple years with multiple boards. And every time we do it, we haul out like 60 to 70 different brands, colors, lines, types, et cetera, and test them all. And um, we don't see that gap in Moisture Shield cool technology that they claim, but some people say they do. But even if you do, like, like sometimes, like we did see some big gaps between the hottest boards and those boards. But at the same time, like, for one thing, the frying pan's still hot. I wouldn't want to stick my hand on it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, yes, between the hottest board, which the last time we did some tests, I believe it was, like... Dark um, Slate, I think. Dark Slate from Decorators was one of the hottest ones. Kaya was really hot. Was uh, Clubhouse hot. Ironwood being a dark, dark gray was very hot. Yeah. Um, and then on the on the cooler end was, like, Fibron Cottage, a light gray. Um, I believe it was uh, Moisture Shield Cool Deck um, Mochaccino. I think was the one that was like mm, down mm-hmm. there too. Like I think it technically did have number one, but it was by like point one of a degree over the cottage. Versatex. And yeah, I mean we <laughs> shot Versatex too, not a deck board, but it was cooler because it's pure white. But so yes, like the moral of the story from the testing we've always done is just go back to elementary yeah, science and exactly. say like lighter colors stay cooler. However, I would say lighter colors get less hot. Yeah, they don't get as hot. Yeah, because they just like... So no, I don't think there's one brand that you can safely say is consistently like less hot than other brands. Nor can I say that composite is less hot than PVC or more hot than PVC. They both in direct sunlight get about the same amount of hot. It's just relying on the color as the main determining thing. But the only difference is heat dissipation. There, there's a noticeable difference between like Mm -hmm. a PVC and a composite deck board. Mm -hmm. PVCs will cool off really quickly once they're in the shade or get wet. Um, The density of composite means they hold the heat longer. But you know what we should te- test next year is the height of the deck off the ground, determining how cool the board stays 
I don't think it makes a difference. The airflow doesn't change it? I don't think so. Oh, okay. The first time we did that, those tests back at our location, they were like, they weren't way off of the ground, but they were up like, they had some airflow underneath them. And I, it, it's all surface temperature. Like even when the sun goes mm-hmm. behind the clouds, the temperature drops off quite a bit. I don't think the airflow really is affecting too much, to be honest. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Any comments? Yeah. TC Dex says, curious to know what percentage of the decks you're selling are grooved to square edge. Uh, mm. Like all of them are grooved. We sell square edge for picture frames and stairs. Pretty rare for us to sell a whole deck in solid edge. Doesn't Except for Wolf. Yeah, well, yeah. So Wolf doesn't make a groove board yet. So those ones are all solid edge. So I guess that whatever percentage they make up, that's the percentage. That's the percentage we sell in They're solid. Like, and they'd be like, I don't know. How many Wolf decks? 15% of our, year? 15% of what we sell. We did pretty good with Wolf this 20% year. 20% maybe. So yeah, here it's groove fasters are the, the Hid- thing. Hidden is king here. That's yep. for sure. That's right. Except for our moose. We don't want to hide the moose. Don't Make hide the, the biggest moose. one ever. Exactly. Put it in classrooms even. Right. People people were gluing down deck boards here for a while. So they want to hide. They didn't right. even want fasteners. That's right. Um, can composite decking hold a hot tub? <laughs> yes and Yeah. Because no. <laughs> it doesn't really... The composite isn't what makes... No, it's not the, the deck strong right. enough to... Like... Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's framed and supported structurally properly then the boards on top matter very little to the hot hot tub situation i mean so yeah so yes but that's the wrong question to be asking right what i would say to that the right question is can the, your frame hold your hot tub right does your foundation because your fa- was your foundation built to support a hot tub does it have the appropriate size and number of piles and beams and joists spacing and, and you need less decking doesn't matter less beams and joists if you use fortress steel framing this is true. Spans further. That's right. 20 feet. Yep. Stronger stuff. Stronger stuff. Yep. And if you're going to put a hot tub in the air, you might as well put it on steel. Might as well. <laughs> uh, will composite decking rot? Question 10. So it shouldn't. Shouldn't. <laughs> you said shouldn't. But there's stuff that does. How does that happen? It's plastic. It's plastic. It's plastic. That's crazy. What? <laughs> um... No, it will not rot if you buy a good brand of quality composite decking. So are there bad brands of quality composite yeah. decking? Like there rot? is with anything. <laughs> yeah, that do, yeah. Do you want to call them out here? Well, I don't have specific names. Oh, okay. I thought so, you had like, I hate Coke or something. No, there's just like, like I'll say that a lot of the stuff that comes out of, that's manufactured in China um, is not of good quality. Hmm. Now, that's not to say that everything that comes from China is not good quality. Sometimes they are, you know, they might be companies from the U.S. that just do their manufacturing in China and they've got good quality controls and whatever else, and they bring good products out. But there's a lot of product that comes direct from China that is not good quality. And there's lots of problems with uh, potential rotting or mold and mildew issues or Before structural decay. Unless it fell off in the Suez Canal or something, <laughs> that would probably dissolve in the water. But I've ever, like if anybody who's been around building decks or whatever has probably run into some of this stuff at some point that's just like a few years old and it's decaying and cracking and falling apart already. So and that just goes against the whole get a composite deck so it'll last longer. Right. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so call it rot, call it whatever you want. Maybe technically rot's the wrong term, but it's certainly not holding up. That's for sure. 
And yeah, when you're buying composite decking, you're expecting it to last forever. That's one of the benefits. Lasts a long time with no maintenance. So you don't expect to buy it and then four years later have a deck that's falling apart or is growing things on it. Right. And if you have that, well, that was a bad product. What if it was a design choice? What do you mean? You put like moss on your deck or something. <laughs> yeah, if you want to really purpose. green up your space, <laughs> sure. Uh, so this next question is really four questions in one. Oh, yay. Will composite scratch or fade or stain or warp? Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to answer that like a Canadian. Yeah, no, See yeah. those TikToks? It's like oh, yeah, yeah, When yeah. a Canadian says, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you're like, like what? Is, yeah, no, or for sure. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. You just got to drive down the no, ring yeah, road. No, yeah, no, yeah. There, <laughs> bud. <laughs> uh, holy smoke. Start that over. Does it? Will composite or PVC scratch? Yes. Or fade? Potentially. Or stain? Hopefully not. Or warp. Not again. Hopefully. Not again? So scratch, scratch, yes. They're all going to scratch at some point. Are some more scratch resistant than others? Absolutely. There's some, like Trex Transcend line, very durable cap. Doesn't that scratch very easy. That promenade line? Promenade line, very scratch resistant. Ebron? Yeah. Um, TimberTech Terrain line, scratch is easier. TimberTech Edge line, scratch is less easy. Yep. But cheaper than Terrain. So like it's, there's, like it's tough to... Figure it out sometimes. Wolf scratches a little bit easier. Trex Transcend doesn't. Like there's, yeah, there's different levels of resistance, but they will all scratch at some point. But the embossing is probably your best defense against that, isn't it? The embossing can make a difference. You have a the, busy embossing line. It's easier to hide those scratches. Sometimes it hides better too. Sometimes that's the thing that's going on actually, right? Yeah. It does scratch, but you don't notice as much because the board's mm -hmm. busier mm -hmm. potentially. And some of them you can pull out a heat gun and pull out the scratch too. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what? Fade. Scratch? Fade. So... Will Again, any fade? any capped composite or PVC board that's being manufactured by a quality manufacturer will have a fade and stain warranty, and it's going to be anywhere from 25 to 50 years. Um, to your eyeballs, no, it won't fade. That said, if you take a 50-year-old board that's been sitting out in the sun and you take a brand new one side by side, you'll probably notice a little bit of a color shift in there, mm -hmm. and their warranty has some fine print that says, oh, this has got to, you know, in order for this to be warrantied as a fading issue, it's got to be more than five Delta E units. Your eyeball can only pick up. Five Delta E Yeah, they measure, they measure the color <laughs> shift. And so, this, like. Do they have someone come out and do that? For, yeah. For all intents and purposes, <laughs> no. They don't fade if you buy one that has a fade and stain warranty from a good quality manufacturer. Okay. If you don't buy a capped composite, it will fade absolutely uh, within minutes. Like, it's just like <laughs> you put it on and it's like where you stood, your feet are still there. Uh, joking, not joking. They fade very quickly. Why? Like, what's the point of a composite deck at that point? Like, it, like why would you even yeah, get I wood? I don't know why you're... It's more expensive. I mean, that is old technology to composite decking. There's right. still a few people making it and selling it, and there's still lots of it out there, but it's gradually going away. Okay. And that's one of the reasons. It stains and fades like crazy. So buy stuff that has a protective cap layer because then it doesn't. Right. So going to your next question, staining. Stains the same, yeah. Generally, the ones that come with fade warranties come with stain warranties, and again, they've those are the capped products. Um, when you spill something on it, their warranty is going to have fine print that says it must be cleaned up within a certain amount of time. Like usually it's within a week. Um, that's pretty and, good, man. And then you need to also prove that you've had a professional come out to try to clean it before you make a warranty clean. Like there's well, fine print around it, but generally from food spills, it's safe to do. Now, right. if you spill like burning oil, right. 
or if you have mechanical a mechanical like fondue some, pot out on Some it. things are kind of exempted from that warranty, but they're things that probably shouldn't be on the deck in the first place. Right. So, uh, and then the last one is warp. Warp. Same story. Good quality, high quality, current board from a current manufacturer should not warp. Um, hmm. What about those big certainly a history of warping happening with composite decking. That's for sure. Is there? Yeah. Sagging between joists, um, structural decay, that kind of stuff. So they're like, if you Google it, does composite decking warp? You're going to find a lot of instances where it used to, but shouldn't be much of an issue anymore. Assuming again, that you use a good quality board. So, and frame it appropriately. So on to the next question. What is the lifespan of composite decking? Well, wouldn't you love to know? That's why I asked it. Uh, well, it depends how you want to read that. Any good manufacturer, like I said before, is going to give you a bare minimum of 25 years. Mm-hmm. Trex gives you 25 years. Fibron gives you 25 years plus. Um, Decker is 25 years plus. Timbertech, 25 years plus. So like, how long should it last? Up to 50 years. Like, warranty is obviously only what they can guarantee. So that's what you can guarantee. Yeah, I mean... In my mind, like, so for a PVC deck board, for example, there's nothing in it that can decay. Right. It should just stick um, around. It should be around for a long, 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 long time. And that's why they don't want you to put it in the garbage. Right. Uh, composite decking, too, as long as it, you know, as long as it's not in the water and can't be, isn't allowed to be, then it should also last a long, long, long time with good ventilation. Right. Or whatever. So, I don't know. The easy answer is at least 25 years, some of them up to 50 years. Um, it should probably last beyond that even, but. That's. Way longer than wood. That's a long, long time. But again, if you go and shop with garbage, you'll get garbage. Mm. So I've told the story before my mom's deck that I just replaced that was only a few years old and it was already falling apart and it was cheap crap composite. Chipped crap. Like, yeah, weird growths on it. Like it was strange stuff. It was falling apart. She wanted the moss on her deck. She wanted the moss, yeah. Organic. If you want that experience, go for a brand you don't recognize that probably came from overseas that's got holes in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. That is a dollar on your foot that you can only get at a box store. Like, that's what I want. There's a lot of red flags before you find yourself in that situation. But uh, what do we got left? Uh, what is the maintenance of composite decking? Um, as long as you have something with a fade and stain warranty, then it's basically like rinse it off. Just rinse it off. And it gets dirty. Take your hose to it. Yeah, take your hose to it. There you go. Maybe That's about it. Maybe scrub brush. Mine, I do like in the spring. I'll take my pressure washer out and clean it up. And you can get deck cleaner. Spring. There are there yeah, is if you get some stubborn, deck cleaner. Stubborn stuff on there. There's uh, deck cleaner from a few different brands. TimberTech uh, comps the deck cleaner we have. Um, if you need it, I don't like. I think it's pretty rare that you probably need it. Mm. Most of the time, you just have some dust. But if you got some stubborn grease or, but all, so like all you're saying is wash it off. You do you do that with your other deck too. Yeah. With a wood deck. Yeah. I just, I like, I for a long time, the industry was calling composite decking no maintenance decking. It's like low. no maintenance. And right. then people pushed back and or lawyers probably pushed back. We're like, well, do you have to clean it? Yeah. Well, that's maintenance. Oh, so it's low maintenance decking now. Everybody re- right. rephrased their branding to low maintenance decking. I still think it's a bunch of crap. Cleaning and rinsing it off is not maintenance. Is cleaning maintenance? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Like when you're taking your car through the car wash, that's cleaning your car. That's not maintenance of your car. <laughs> Changing the oil is maintenance. I'm going to start calling it maintenance. Rotating your tires is maintenance. Yeah. I'm going to be like, well, I had to take my car in for some maintenance today. Yeah. Cost oh, me how like much was the bill? $11. Bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. what the hell did you have? Just an air filter or what? Uh, no, I just 
Check out their car wash. I got a wax. I got a super wash. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The, the maintenance is low to no. Okay. Uh, is composite decking waterproof? That's similar to that question before. Some of it is. So, Moisture Shield, Decorators, NBC. Yes. They're okay with you installing it in the in the water. Don't know why you would, but, like, there's some <laughs> scenarios... <laughs> There's I want an scenarios. underwater deck. Well, maybe eventually. Like, whatever. If it's sitting on a dock that's low to the water and it's getting splashed all the time, you'd want something that was waterproof because it's wet all the time, even yeah. if it's not in the water. Well, and that's the other thing about decorators, too. Like, I don't understand why they aren't just making docks. Like, up here in Saskatchewan. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, yes yeah, and no. I would say generally no. Generally not waterproof. Okay. Most brands would not be waterproof. If they don't say, if they don't promote that fact, then they're not. They do have wood in them. And all these guys test, like all these composite manufacturers do test water absorption. They put them in hot tanks of water and let them sit there for a month and then measure how much water absorption they have. Okay. So they will survive like you're being on your deck. Like they oh, can yeah. get They'll rained on. The rain. They can get rained on. Yeah. You can have it around a pool. Right. But if you're asking waterproof to have it sitting in water for its life, yeah. a couple are, most are not. Don't put it in a fish tank. Right. Uh, final question from Google. Will my decking look like plastic? Some will. Yeah. Yeah. Some will. There's not many out there that are going to trick you into thinking it's wood. Like, <laughs> does this look like plastic to me? This decorator's void stuff on our desk right here? No. It doesn't no. look plasticky. Do I believe that this is real wood? No. I also don't think it looks exactly like real wood. It doesn't really look like But it's anything. not plasticky. Yeah. Most people, when you say plasticky, you're thinking kind of like shiny, smooth plastic. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, some, like I mentioned Fiber on Horizon Line before, is kind of shiny, smooth, plasticky looking. Yeah. Really nice coloring. And then there's others like um, if you look into Fiber on Promenade. So same brand. Yep. That stuff is really nicely realistic looking. It looks similar to like hardwood decking. Um that's so, also like Azek Vintage, which is the OG of that look. Right. Very, very nice, realistic realistic looking stuff. If you put that beside like an actual piece of Red Blau or Ipe or something, it looks from a distance similar. like you wouldn't know. So no, it doesn't have to is the short answer to that, I guess. And then there's other products. We don't sell us um, that um, shoot. What's the name of it here now? Distributor by Royal. Why is it... F- there's some decking products that have a photo print. People in the IG can fill me in because for some reason it's the name of it's not in my head. But there's some that have a photo realistic finish to them. So they're made differently. They're not just plastic with an embossed pattern on it and coloring oh. randomly. So they're actually like photographs, of a wood. photographic layer of wood with a clear acrylic uh, layer of protection wow. layer over top. That stuff looks real because it you're yeah. looking at a picture of wood essentially. High definition deck. Right. And so it's, there it is, Zuri. That's what I was trying to think of. Mikon just filled this in there, Zuri decking. So it's one of the ones. There was Zuri, there was one a few years ago from Palram from, uh, that came out, and I can't remember what they were calling it either, and it went away because they were having issues with it, I think. But there's been a few cracks. The Zuri's, the, as far as I know, the kind of the longest standing one that's still out in the market. Beautiful looking stuff. So if you want something that looks like wood, but that's it's not probably wood. the most indistinguishable from wood. Huh. Wow. Now you know. Now you know. There's a lot of, because uh, they all name their boards after wood, right? Like, right. 
This called, it's called uh, this is called Western Red Cedar. Does it look like cedar? No, not at all. <laughs> Got similar colors, <laughs> right? I guess, exactly. But you're not fooling anybody, right? I feel like that way about the. There's a we have a a tint downstairs that says it's black walnut, but it's red or something like mm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it can be deceiving. Okay, here's some questions from the store. <gasps> Woohoo! Okay, these God, are, they could have just sent these in an email. Well, these are mostly just uh, like customer questions that they generally get asked. Oh yay! <gasps> that was the thing I wanted to talk to you about last night. Oh, what was it? Oh, you uh, figured it out. Yeah, I'm writing it down right now. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Hold on. I'm sorry to everybody who has to listen to this. I'm not on the toilet. Just give me a second. I just got to get this out. <laughs> Planning is everything. Uh, yeah. Okay. I got to get this out. So this, the backstory to that is last night, it's like eight o'clock and I, I had a an idea for a podcast topic pop into my head an as I was sitting in the couch and I was going to send it to Wade and Bryce and like Wade and I text all hours of the night, but I was trying to respect Bryce's time. I was like, I shouldn't send this right now. It's eight o'clock. So I didn't. And I was like, I'll remember. And then this morning, Bryce walked in and just like seeing him triggered like, oh, something. I, I was like, oh, what was I going to talk to you about? I didn't send it last night. Now it's gone forever. And just right now, I remember what it was. I found it. So anyways, what was your? Okay. <laughs> what was your question? Questions from the store. These ones are from Carly. They're going to be quick. And let's see how you can handle them. You ready? Okay. Where's my order? <laughs> you don't have to answer that I just thought it was funny um, It's back ordered Exactly You'll see it in two to seven weeks uh, When do you need to install piles? Uh, anytime Ideally before the the freeze is in Is the best answer But well, I guess it depends what kind of piles you're talking about There's no clean answer to any of these questions No, that's the point so <laughs> he's probably talking screw piles because that's what we do mostly. Screw piles, like put them in before the ground freezes. That's the easiest way to do it. To do it. But that said, right. they mm. can be installed year round. Oh yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. Five six feet of frost here in the ground. That's it's it makes it slower, makes it harder. But like the guy that we use quite often to put piles in, he used to do a like a grinding bit that he would grind out the frost first, then drive the pile. Now he's got a heat rod, so he oh, essentially so takes it. it up. He chances, yeah, he drills a whatever it is, a one-inch hole into the ground, sticks a rod down, it plugs it in, it thaws the ground, and then he can drive the pile. So anytime, however, it's more efficient to do it before the ground freezes. There you go. Or like six inches of frost, no problem. But once it starts to get deeper, it's better to do it before then. Do I need to get a permit? Um, most of the time, yes. So this depends on your area. So you'll have to check your building department, building uh, office because they all have some situations where you probably don't require a permit. Mm-hmm. In our market, the most, the biggest misconception is that if I'm just replacing the deck that's there, then I don't need to get a permit. Not true. And that's not true. If you are leaving the framing and the structure alone and you're only replacing the deck boards on top and it had a permit, then that's true. Yes. But people seem to think like, if I'm just replacing a 12 by 20 deck with another 12 by 20 deck, completely brand new, then I don't have to do anything. And that's not true. As soon as you're touching the actual framing and the structure and foundation. And as we've discussed before, it is not a good idea to just re-board your deck. Yeah, that's, yeah, generally. So there's scenarios where that can be okay, but more often than not, it's probably not a good idea to do that anyway. Because you're not going to save a lot of money, for one thing. No, you're not going to save a bunch. You're going to drastically reduce the remaining lifespan of that lumber that's in there with all the holes you're leaving in it. Um, 
and you're putting on a 25 to 50 year product like we just talked about and your framing might have what? Five, 10 years left? That's 15 right. if you're lucky. Yeah. What is G-Tape and is it necessary? Um, G-Tape is an, a, it's a flashing tape. So a self-adhesive tape comes in different sizes for taping the tops of your joists, taping the tops of your beams, taping your flat blocking. Its function is to keep water from absorbing into the wood. It's just a barrier to keep your lumber dry. Mm-hmm. Self-seals around fasteners so that water can't get into your fastener holes. Um, is it necessary? No. Oh, okay. You don't have to use it. Nobody's, it's not a, it's not a code requirement. It's not, nobody in the world is going to require you to put it on and fail you if you don't. The short answer to that. Is it a great idea? Absolutely. It's a fantastic idea. It's cheap to do and it extends the life of your framing. Why wouldn't you do it? Right. Like on your $10,000 deck, you're talking about like two or 300 bucks for the tape. Yeah. Like so minimal percentage. Just put it on. Like it's such a cheap insurance to extend the life of your framing. Right. It's kind of like when you buy a vehicle, and I didn't do this, but yeah. <laughs> but like some Take some people your own advice, Shane. Well, some people are like you buy this like vehicle, like maybe you buy a luxury vehicle, like hundred thousand dollar car or something. It's got like a wicked paint finish on it, and you and you have the option of adding like an extra protective coating on it that guarantees your paint won't scratch or like something like, like that. Those films, like those sure, yeah, films and you can do it for five hundred bucks. It's like, well, why? Yeah, why wouldn't you if you're spending that kind of money? on a luxury purchase, yep. which let's be honest, a composite deck is a luxury purchase. Um, why wouldn't you spend a little bit extra to protect it long-term? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Seems pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, wood stringers versus metal stringers, which is better? Oh, this, how this I'm going to ask this question, question has changed in the last couple of years. So I used to be a big proponent of wood stringers over steel stringers because mm. steel stringers used to mean predetermined rise run Junk you'd get at a box store. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You pick them up, you bolt your deck boards on, it looks god awful. Like, there's nothing to It's like out of the box, Ikea style. Yeah. The rise is seven and a half, and it doesn't matter if that's what you're supposed to have or not. Right. You just, that's just that's what it is. Get. Oh, it's too big? Go down a step. Too small now? Well, I guess jack up your bottom step so that it's like so a massive nine really inch big step. step. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're just, those are no good. Um, they look awful. The, the fastening for them was traditionally a carriage bolt so you spend all this money yep. hiding fasteners in your whole deck and then you got these nickel size bolts on your steps going up it's just not a good look i used like i hate them i don't like them um that said regal has come out with their quick step aluminum stringers that actually look a little bit nicer they, they look pretty nice still mm-hmm. a predetermined rise and run um wood though you can just finish however you want and the bigger thing is you can if you're assuming you're cutting the wood stringers not buying predetermined wood ones right you can cut your appropriate rise and run. Oh yeah. So if your deck height requires your rise to be seven and three sixteenths, then you cover like you cut your stairs at seven and three sixteenths and then everything's perfectly level. Then you're just fine. Yeah. And it all <laughs> just works. Now that said, now we got this other category of like really good steel stair stringers. Oh yeah. From Fortress. And they've got an adjustable. You um, can just put the stairs wherever you want on them. Yeah. So you basically use like a two by steel two by six as your stringer. And then you have, I don't know what you want to call them, but like these adjustable triangles that allow you to adjust your, not your run, but your rise. Yep. At least. So it's, it's only meant for a two board step. So if you want to go with a deep step, you'll have to tweak some things, but you can adjust your rise. So you can get a proper rise out of those two. And those are like, look good and allow you to the custom heights that you might need. And so those are really good too. There you go. 
the nice thing about steel is that it doesn't go away. It doesn't rot, right? Yes. When you cut your own stair stringers, you're cutting away a lot of the treatment that that board has undergone. And it's one of the most susceptible areas to getting water damage is those so, stringers. So G-tape and, and G, protect yeah, them. And cut and use end cut on them and G-tape them. That'll help. That'll go a long way for sure. There you go. But like powder coated steel will go even longer. So. Yeah, sure will. <laughs> um, should I add lights? Yeah. Okay. Uh, could I build this on my own? Of course you should add lights. Don't get away from that one so fast. <laughs> well, that was I just thought it was easy. Of course it, you should add lights. But it's not enough people do it. It's why sh- why wouldn't you add lights? Save a little budget for your lights because it just takes your space from like a 3 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10. Like adding lights is badass. My argument with lights is always do you only want to use your deck during the day? Right. So you're going to use your deck 50% less because you don't have lights. Yeah. And again, that $10,000 deck, now we're talking like what? $500 light, light package goes a long way. Yep. So it's another small cost that you can add on top, but that increases the wow factor and the usability of your deck by tons. And it's safe. Safety thing as well. Yep. Scott Kelly in the Instagram says, some steel stringers are completely custom. Yeah, you could do completely custom steel stringers too, if you want. Okay. Uh... Can I build this on my own? Uh, That's from Wade. Yep. Yeah, Wade can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's As a DIY person, could they generally build a composite deck on their own? There's no easy answer to that because it depends on the person's skill level. Okay. Um, I would say most of the time, well, <laughs> most of the time, could they build it properly and safely? Most of the time, probably not. Okay. Most of the time, could they get the structure erected, 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 erected and like finished looking? Yeah, probably. Like a lot of guys or gals that are handy can get that done. Is it built properly? Mm -hmm. No. If you, you start poking around looking at things and how they're done, it's unlikely like nine times out of 10, a DIY is going to skip some things because they don't know or they don't care or they don't like, yeah. So it's not going to be built as well as a contractor would build it. That's for sure. Right. But can it be done? Sure. If you're familiar with basic carpentry, framing walls, running drills and saws and stuff, well, yeah, it's not it's not like completely rocket science. Right. But it's not exactly assembling an IKEA dresser either. It's there's a lot more to it than that. So mm-hmm. some people with enough experience and the willingness to learn and do things properly could do it, yes. Okay. Um, on more basic structures. <laughs> I'm going to add that in there. Why do I need all this hardware? So that's coming from the people that don't understand why they have a box full of metal stuff when they're going to build their deck. All their hangers and My their screws. My deck's made of wood, bolts. not metal. Yeah. I mean, this is one we joked about before a couple episodes ago where somebody comes back at the end of their job and returns a box full of all the things that made their deck safe. <laughs> And it was like, what did you use? How did you to put that thing together? Do that. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like it'd be the equivalent of like you, to use the car analogy again, you buy like, because Ikea is, they'll do this someday. You buy your car kit, comes with all the pieces, and you have to assemble it, and then you bring the tires back. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what these are for. Don't need them. Uh, you need those. <laughs> ah, f- nah. Yeah, for what? I found, I had a couple like lawnmower wheels in my... <laughs> Shed, I just threw those on there. Bike tires. Okay. So the hardware is to 
make sure that your deck is put together properly and safely. That's what it's for. The final store question. Okay. Final question of this episode. An hour and seven minutes in. This is a long one. Yeah. But it didn't feel long, by the way. For me, it did. Wow. You had to do I'm all exhausted. the... exhausted. You had to do all the thinking. <laughs> uh, what is the best board or decking? <laughs> what is the best board or decking? <laughs> Who's trying to get me in trouble here? Uh, that was both Carly and Wade. Which one would you choose? That's what they said. You could choose not to answer this. You could take the fifth if you want. Never. I will okay. Never. However, I get mean, in. I, as you've known from the first 36 questions, I'm not going to give you a straight answer. <laughs> a true politician. Yes. Because I think that there's no right answer for any one person. For me, what did I do? I have Fibron Cottage Good Life on my deck. Why did I do that? Because I think it, it looks nice compared to other boards at that price point. It's still a good quality, reputable brand with a warranty on it. It's capped composite. And it's affordable. I didn't, like, if I had my choice at that time, it was between that and Azek Vintage because I love the looks oh, of the Azek Vintage yeah. line. What do I think is the better board? Fibron Good Life or Azek Vintage? Azek Vintage. No okay. no questions asked. So, like, no budget involved. No budget involved. I Yeah, at that time, I would have done that. No budget involved today. I'm probably having a pretty hard look at the Decorator's Voyage. I love the benefits that it, I love the look of it, for one. Yep. But I also love the other benefits of it. The traction, notably, and the... The uh, thermal stability is the tipping point for me. Right, because you want those miters. I would also heavily look at Fibron Promenade. Right. And I would heavily look at Azek Vintage. Yeah. Like, everybody makes a nice-looking board. Uh, you just got to find the right combination of benefits for you. There's also, when you see a hardwood deck installed that's brand new, oh, that's oh, pretty, yeah. like, it's pretty nice-looking stuff. Yeah. Like, if you're okay with a little bit of maintenance, um. Well, and at that, <sighs> that's pretty good stuff. I mean, at that price too, you're probably like, you want to talk about benefit, like not a lot of cost for maintenance. You're going to pay someone to maintain your deck for a hardwood, yeah. most likely. On most decks, the maintenance isn't that scary anyway. Like, just oil it. People are so afraid of it, but generally these days, people are using some sort of maintenance-free railing. So oh, whether that's yeah. aluminum or a composite or steel or something, and that's the crappy part to maintain. So if you put on yeah. aluminum railing and you don't have to worry about that part and the only part you have to worry about oiling and maintaining is the floorboards, well, it's not that Ooh, big yeah. of a deal. Grab yourself a deck boss and some Q-Tech and get after it. It'll take yeah. you 20 minutes on the average size deck. Like yeah. It's not, not a huge deal. If you've got custom railing and little tiny spindles and all this other crap, yes, that's a bigger project for sure. That's a pain in the butt. And if you have roof structure and the deck's 1,000 square feet and it's all skirted, like it depends, the scale of the thing. But if also if you have a deck that if you have a hardwood deck that's a thousand square feet with roof structure and skirted, it's an eighty to hundred thousand dollar deck. Right, it's, and you're probably just yeah. going to hire somebody for a thousand bucks a year to go do the work, or yeah, maybe a couple thousand bucks a year to do it for you, because money's not, like not an object. Uh, yeah, I would say money's not an object at that point. So I'm a big fan of entry level boards. I like that fiber on good life line quite a bit. If you're looking for an entry level price point, um, the stuff that Trex offers is pretty good as well. Um, at the high end, I. I really like Decker's Voyage. I love Fiber on Promenade. I love Isaac Vintage. Trucks Transcend has some of the nice, like the brightest, like most vibrant colors look really good. Everybody has a really good product at the high end. It's like tough to make a really nice low end board though. Right, exactly. So so what's your favorite color board? What's like, what's your favorite board color? That's really getting into what's your favorite board, but. My favorite board color? Oh, I don't know, man. For a lot of years, it was like, Trex Tiki Torch. I liked. I like the the bright, vibrant colors. Even if I wouldn't necessarily do it on my own house. Oh, like those 
like those oranges always seem to pop. Yeah, because I used to like the like Ezek Cypress and Mahogany colors from the vintage line as well. I used to really like those. That's what was like those. If I would have decided to splurge, then that would have been what's on my house. Okay. But I decided, because my house is all white and gray. I was like, do I go with a pop of color or do I stick with gray? And, you uh, went as gray. You, <laughs> as you know now, I went with gray. Um, yeah, I like the vibrant colors. The wolf teakwood, too. Teakwood rosewood. Like, anytime you see a deck done in those colors, it's like, it pops. It looks yeah. so hot. Like, yeah, it looks good. I love it. So, teakwood, like Trex Tiki Torch and Laverock. Uh, it's a deadly combo. Um, yeah, all those ones. Oranges and reds look so good together. They do. If I'm looking more realistic and more subtle, I love Decorator's Kaya for an earthy like, oh, wood yeah, tone. Yeah, yeah. I like the Tundra quite a bit as well. Um, tiki Torch, or sorry, not Tiki Torch. Um, Havana Gold always looks good for a nice little, from Trex, mm-hmm. for a nice, like, subtle, more wood-looking color. And Tim Check is loaded up with really nice-looking brown tones. So, yep. like... Yeah, there's lots of stuff out there. Lots of good boards out there. Well, that's all I had for you. <laughs> you made it. It was the longest lightning round ever. Mm-hmm. There was nothing fast. It was nothing not lightning about that lightning round. No. But it is what it is. Um, this weekend, since you asked earlier. What are you doing this weekend? <laughs> I'm going to go try to find my kid some glasses that he can play hockey with. This oh. poor guy, my four-year-old, is in hockey now. Yeah, he, last night was his fourth practice. He's he wears glasses, and so I'm struggling with two things. One, stopping his glasses from fogging up. Okay. So I'm gonna go get some anti-fog wipes or whatever that I'm hearing works because the shampoo and the stuff that I use for my hockey visor, the tricks there aren't working for him. They're still fogging up lots. Right. Poor little guys out there can't see anything. The other problem is they don't stay on his face properly. Mm. When he puts his helmet on, it gets bumped around. So we put the sports strap on. Let's take the arms off, put the strap on. But it's got to be, in order for it to not fall around, it's got to be so tight that it's like digging into his face. Oh, yeah. And so then halfway through practice, he's like, Dad, my, and he's got these big dents in his nose. And it's like, oh. So then last night we tried the glasses again. And like halfway through the practice, he's skating around, like looks like he's looking at the ceiling. But what he's trying to do is look under his glasses because they're crooked and they're fogged up. Like I feel awful. But I don't know what to do. So we have an appointment on Saturday now at a, at a eyeglass place to see what they can do. I'm going to give you a hint. If you have his prescription, goggles. it's going to be a plug for, it is goggles, but it's going to be a plug for a website. Ibuydirect.com. I is in like E-Y-E? Yeah. Ibuydirect.com, hey? Yes. I'm going to write that down. So they owe us some ad money. They do. Uh, or at least a few pair of sports goggles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so my wife, somebody told her, is like, oh, look into getting him some prescription sports goggles. Goggles. I was like, or that advisor. sounds awfully expensive. <laughs> yeah, no. I, what I, did you just say? You can get, like, prescription visors. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, you can. Seriously? Yeah, my dad used to have one. It was very expensive. Like, I guess years so. Years ago, but. I didn't know that was an option. That's pretty crazy. So that's what I'm doing this weekend. Uh, for the rest of you, I hope you enjoy your weekend. If you have a long one this weekend in Canada, enjoy it. It's not a weekend, but take Friday off and <laughs> worry about yourself. <laughs> See you next week. Hey, thank you for listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site, come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening. <laughs>